0: So this is a little off topic here. Do you listen to any uh, true crime p- podcast at all?
1: Any true crime pro- podcast.
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't listen to the true crime podcast. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I,
0: I would. <laughs> the reason why I asked just because of, of your original, like with, doing the cleanup i I thought maybe you might be listening to that as you you got a suit on and everything you're just picking up body parts (laughs) put it in bags like god damn is it how it happened like did you ever try to predict a murder or some shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) no here's why here and it's 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 a you know it's a good question it really is it's a it's a relevant question
2: How can you create a transformation in others if there's no transformation in in yourself? Join your host, Greg Favaza as your voice on the hard truths of leadership. Your transformation station, connecting clarity clarity. to the cutting edge of leadership. As millennials, we can establish change, not only ourselves, but through organizational change, bringing transparency that goes beyond the organization and reflects back into ourselves, Extracting extracting actionable advice and alternative perspectives. That will take you outside of yourself.
0: Well, Nick, welcome to your transformation station. Let's jump right into this. You are the founder of Best Option Restoration, Bio One Incorporate, incorporate uh, the only successful franchise crime scene cleaning company. That is interesting. Please tell me how you started this.
1: You know, I I, I can tell you, I just sold that company about two months ago um, to a private equity company. But the way I got into crime scene cleaning was it was actually from the church. Uh, I had uh, it was a it was a process of the pastor had stood up and asked a few of us uh, or or said it said that a a few people in the audience or at least one guy in the audience had, had taken his life and he didn't see his wife in the audience. So we wanted to find out if some of us would go see how she was doing after church. And uh, we went over and saw that this lady was sitting on a couch and this man had taken his life in, in the bedroom. And we, uh, you know, she she looked at me, I mean, directly at me and said, they said I had to clean up myself. And, you know, I was a young kid in my 20s, early 20s, very early 20s. had no idea what I was going to go do. And I walked through where she, where she pointed to and opened the door and, and saw what you what most people in life shouldn't ever see or wouldn't ever want to see. I quickly shut the door, uh, told some of the people from the church, "Why don't you get her out of here, take her to lunch?" And uh, me and a buddy of mine will stay back and do this. And you know, there, there was no business model, there was no thought of charging her. I mean, Bio One originally started from the church and uh, just kind of expanded from there. We just decided you know, what happens to these things, you know, in situations like this, when, when people were, you know, loved ones are told, you know, I guess you'll have to clean it yourself. So uh, we started the company and 20 years later, again, I, I just, I just sold it a couple months ago. It's a first, it's kind of an odd feeling to be for, for almost two decades of your life doing something. And and now I, and now I don't own it anymore, but uh, it, it's a, it's a, it was a good transition.
0: Wow. That that's, that's really interesting then we're gonna go deep into this but how does it feel to just kind of give that off
1: well you know it's it, it's it's relieving in some sense um, but right. I mean but and in, in some sense it's uh, you know when you see things because bio one was was the only company called to do uh, any major uh, what, what they considered uh, domestic terrorism is, issues. I mean Bio one was the only company uh, that the FBI is registered with or, or registered with the FBI so like you know when when Mandalay Bay happened in, in Las Vegas and Bio one got the call and our franchises went out there and, and took care of that you know 17 acre mass tragedy you know you see it on the news and it's nice to be able to sit back for these last two months and not think tragedy <laughs> and who's going to get that call you know um, so it's it's not that, not that I want to see tragedy or, or 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 wish it upon anybody but it's kind of a natural reaction that you have for 20 years of of you know it's it's going somewhere and you know obviously competitions popped up over the probably last decade that we were franchising and and you're always curious of of who's going to get it so now it's more on the lines of not so much who's going to get it it's it's you can actually you know, sit back and have a little bit more empathy and not think the business and, and think, you know, and then think like anybody else normally would.
0: Yes. No, that, that's really, that's really interesting. Let's, let's transition this for a little bit. Tell sure. me about what you're currently doing. This, You also have a couple other businesses, right?
1: Right, right. I mean, I've been in the franchise space for, for, you know, um, you know, basically two decades now. Um, mm-hmm. This is my fourth. You know, Bio One was my third franchise organization. I had a, a I mean, I've been all over the board with franchise and now sold them all to private equity companies. There was a pizza, right here, there was a pizza franchise. There was a, there was a it called Uncle Beatles Pizzeria. There was a home care franchise called uh, Saint Home Care, Bio One, which I just recently let go of. And my current franchise is called Best Option Restoration. We just simply call it Bore. Um, i've been I've had that for about five years now that I think that will be my last franchised organization mm-hmm. um, what I what I kind of you know enjoy doing more than anything it's not it's not the actual work in the, the franchise it's I, I enjoy taking young entrepreneurs or just young business owners and showing them how to create a successful company that's sustainable and exitable uh, in a very short amount of time and i you know I've I just Throughout the years, develop a model and a plan for doing so, and franchising just fits right in. So I'll probably, uh, you know, there's, there's 30 or 40 bores running around the country, and I'll probably do the same thing I did with Bio and get it to a couple hundred, and then you know, sell it to a private equity company again. It's you know, it, the same thing I teach them is the same thing I do. I just do it in a practical sense and do it every day.
0: Well, can you go ahead and walk us through that? How you are able to build such. A well-developed franchise.
1: Yeah, well, I can tell you this, man. It comes from culture. It's company culture. You have to, you you have to, you have to love people. You have to enjoy watching other people's success. Something I do. I mean, I've always been a fan of the. The more successful I am, the more successful I can help other people. I mean, you don't go to someone who's, you know, you can't go to someone who's never sold a company fifty million dollars and and say, how do I, how do I build a fifty million dollar business? They have no idea. So, I mean, these people come to me and say, I want to build a a, a million dollar, five million dollar, 10, million, whatever, whatever their whatever their range of success is. I want to build this X amount of company. And I say, great. Well, here's what you need to do. Follow these steps. Let's talk about what steps you have to be, you know, to be doing on a daily basis, what what your vision has to be and 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 and, and how you want to how soon do you want to get there? I mean, I mean, for me, it is. It's all about company culture. I can tell you. Like last night, we have we have three new franchises sitting literally two two whole, you know two hallways behind me in our in our office, and I was just in there talking to them. Um, they're brand new franchises, just getting started. One's in New York, or I should say New Jersey. One one's coming out of Canada, going to Dallas, and one's going down to uh, Pennsylvania. And you know we're and we're sitting in Denver, Colorado, right now. So they're all in class and. And you know, day number one is always the jitters for people, and they they're, just spend a hundred grand to get into this franchise. And for a lot of people, you know that that's a, that's a good chunk of change. That's their life savings, so they're they're nervous. And so, what did I do? You know, yesterday, what did I do? You know, the Nuggets were playing the Cavs. I said, you know, what, let's go, let's go take them to a ball game. So we sat down. Um, we weren't quite courtside because I couldn't find them that quick. But I, you know, I, I went ahead and bought nine tickets. And had all nine people sit. We were bit, we were in a big row, and we sat there in the third row and just enjoyed the basketball game and and built what I call the community, the rapport, the the family, as I like to call it. Because without that, you know, it's just another business. And I think that's one thing that a lot of franchisors or just or just companies in general they talk a lot about culture and they want culture, but they just don't really understand how to build it. It's still all about. When you have to make decisions based on monies that are the wrong decisions, when you no longer are basing decisions off money, you can actually make the right decisions, build slowly and correctly and, and, and do the right thing by people. So you know, I like to go out with the franchises, like I said, day one, take them to dinner, take them to a basketball game, and just have a good time, and just just hang around and be boys like you live with your best friends.
0: okay, so what I'm, what I'm hearing from you, it's almost it's the same way we build ourselves. It's with developing character. Now it's having character within the organization.
1: Right. right. It's, a, it's, a, it's a common uniformed effort that everyone is, everyone is rooting for everyone else at all times. I think, you know, in society, especially today, there's a, there's a ton of it and, and it's thrown at us. You know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, yes. there's self-centeredness is almost applauded and taught and recognized as a good thing. Uh, you know, we put we snap Instagram photos of, of whatever, because, you know, we're, we're trying to show that we're living a life that that most people aren't anyway, you know, and, and what we try to do at, at, in, in any of my franchise organizations and, and more specifically now is applaud your neighbor and your franchisee, um, root them on, because, again, it, it's. It's a team effort. I mean, no one does it alone. Or, you know, no matter how how much we like to think we do, I mean, there are things I am not good at. I hire people that are much better in certain. I'm not a spreadsheet yes. guy. I'm not a spreadsheet guy. You know,
0: <laughs> that's what you have to do. That's I, I agree. You have to detach yourself from the business and look at it objectively. If you you can't be a do it yourselfer on all avenues, and I like that the, the fact that you can step away and say, I'm not good at this. I need somebody who can do this.
1: Well, I think without recognizing, truly recognizing your weaknesses, you fail. I mean, you, you try to, micromanaging, man, doesn't work. You hire the talent you let them do their job. Know what you're not good at. Because if you don't know what you're not good at, shit, there's probably a lot you're not good at. And you're trying to be good at everything and you're mediocre at everything. And then you wonder why things aren't working well. Know what you're not good at. Find people who are, hire those people, or at least help them or get them to help you so you can do what you are good at. I'm good at training, developing, and building relationships. What I'm not good at is sitting behind a desk, doing a spreadsheet, and filing taxes. I don't do that. I haven't touched my taxes in 23 years. I couldn't tell you if I'm a C-Corp, S-Corp, LLC. That doesn't matter to me. I, I can barely tell you what's in my bank account because I just don't <laughs> focus on that. What I focus on is, again, is building is building successful entrepreneurs that, that don't get tunnel visioned on just just one, I mean, you know, you talk to people all day, success is not just how much money did I make or what did I do? It's, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way of being, man. It's a, it's, you know, spiritual and mental and physical and, and, you know, and finding outlets that, that make you feel fulfilled, not just rich. Rich is easy. I mean, I hate saying it to people. (laughs) Rich isn't hard to do. You want to bust your butt, sit down and do nothing besides work all day. If you got a good money, you might be rich, mm-hmm. but to be fulfilled is something that we're all striving to. And, and, and I can tell you, that's something I teach. And, and I, I believe very much fulfillment is what I'm after. It's not being rich was, I mean, that was great a decade ago. Yeah. Now it's now it's life fulfillment and, and, and passing that on to, to people that want to do that as well.
0: So then how do you build company culture within a remote setting?
1: You know, that's that's one of the hardest things. So you have to really—it's got to be intentional. You know, um, a lot of people want to do uh, that company culture again. They talk a lot about it, but if you're not intentionally taking acts, like yesterday, jumped on you know Ticketmaster. Let me see if I can find some ball games because if you're those magic moments don't don't just happen. You know, it's kind of like I have three kids, and and I intentionally every Sunday. You know, we go to church, we go to lunch. I spend time with them after school from 6 to 9, you know, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Every single day, I'm with my family. I'm very intentional about what I do. So I think to build culture, there has to be major intent. It just it doesn't just happen. It's not like falling in love and you meet somebody. Oh, it's magic. No, this is something that is buildable and there's a model to do it. But without intention, without actually trying to do it, 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 it happens Almost never. You have to be very intentional about what
0: you're doing. Can you explain to me in layman terms, what, what model do you use and that you apply to make such a successful uh, corporation?
1: I think when it comes to uh, building a company or building culture, the intentional things for me is I like to find out specifically what makes a person tick. So when I'm on the phone with somebody, let's say we're talking about buying, they're talking about buying a franchise and, you know, I want I'm thinking I want to bring them in the organization. I don't ask them. So what business experience do you have? What's your background? Uh, where'd you go to school? Man, I could to get two craps about it. I don't care. I don't care. Here's what I care about. Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you spend time with your kids? What do you do for a hobby? Can I sit down? If, if I can sit down and have a beer and dinner with you? Man, you're in because you're my kind of guy, you know, or you're my kind of gal. Um, I, I think it's important to, again, I'm gonna go back to intention to intentionally ask people the questions almost like it sounds, it sounds kind of crazy, but it's almost like the beginning date, find out everything. So when you're in front of them, you can really, you know, I found out like one of my guys or two of my guys in there right now. Two of my guys are huge sports fans, so what's we're gonna we're gonna go to a we're gonna go a basketball game. They don't care what kind of sport it is. We're gonna go to a basketball game because why? Am I a Nuggets fan? No, I'm a Warriors fan. I'm from San Francisco. (laughs) I am not from Denver. But these guys and me, they just like sports. So let's just go watch the game together. So it's it's finding out the detail of the person, not just the broad strokes, not the background. I can read a resume, but I want to get to know you, and that's the difference, I think. And the organizations that I built, and why I call it the family, versus what versus what a lot of other people try to do.
0: Wow. Okay. Now that it says a lot of character, and the process that you do, that you go through to figure out the type of person they are, is something organizations need to start implementing. What would you tell organizations, people that are in charge, anybody that's in HR, somebody that is a leader? What exactly can they do to refine themselves in their own professional manner?
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you, I've never worked for anybody. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never had a a corporate job. Um, I'm told by more than one person uh, that I'm an HR nightmare, which is probably true. So I don't know what I tell HR, um, but (laughs) what what I would tell a business leader is take the time to get to know people on a personal, they're not on a personal, they're not just boxes. They're not just boxes that you check. They're not just people sitting in the cubicle. Um, I mean, these are people with lives that with emotions that care, that love, that, that have families and, and you have to be willing to invest in them. And I don't mean financially. That's the, again, that's the easy part. I mean, get to know them. When's their birthday? When's an anniversary? What are their kids' names? What do the kids enjoy doing? What sports do they play? If you don't know these things, then you don't really know your people, and if you don't know your people, they don't know you, and they, frankly, if they don't know you, they don't care about you. I've always found, again, like a family, I get to know people. You know, I can tell you, the funniest thing. So my guys show up. I'll give you a little quick story that just happened yesterday. Guys show up. He, you know, one of my guys comes from New Jersey. He, he walks in, you know, he's like, hey, Nick, how you doing? He sticks his hand out for a handshake. Man, I give him a big old bear hug. I'm like, what's happening, man? And I give, and, and it threw him off. And I could tell that it threw him off. But the funny thing is, because it made him uncomfortable, I held just a little bit longer. Just, just, just so we knew, yes. dude, this is how we are around here. I funny like thing that. this morning, you walked in the door. What do you do? Slap my hand, gave me a hug. And he said, I'm normally not a hugger. I'm like, I know, but you are now. So it's it's getting it's breaking through walls almost, again, intentionally and making people uncomfortable to the point of their comfortable being in the family. This isn't a you know, we don't have to we don't have to handshake and and nice to meet you. How was your morning? Oh, man, it was it was it's a hug and and a a slap on the ass. And let's get to work because we we got (laughs) we got things to do
0: (laughs) It reminds me my high school days. During playing some varsity football. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. With the uh, listeners who want to begin their business model with franchising, what's the process and what is the difference between an entrepreneur and a franchisor, in your own opinion?
2: Well, I mean, I
1: can say entrepreneur can be a franchisor. There's no doubt about me. I'm an entrepreneur. I just happen to pick franchise. The franchise model itself, um, there is a lot of rules, a lot of regulations, a lot of red tape. You know, one of the first things you have to do is you need to find a competent, a competent, more than competent and excellent. Let me say that an excellent franchise attorney and a franchise attorney is not a your run of the mill. Hey, I just sit behind a desk and I sue people or I write papers. Franchise attorney is a specialty. It's a spe- it's like, you know, you don't go to a, a general practitioner for for a heart surgery. Uh, you just don't do it. You know, you, you go to the you go to an actual heart surgery. Um, Franchise attorneys are specialists. So you need to go out and find a good franchise attorney. And they're everywhere. You just have to, you got to do some research. First of all, you know, there's this thing called the franchise disclosure document. It's called an—it's called the FDD, FDD in the industry. What that is, is it's of when you buy a stock, you're buying your, you know, they send you your prospectus. It's everything about that company. That's what you have to build. You have a very legalized, formalized doc, the state registrations, man. Would I recommend franchising? Let me let me let me pretend like you asked me that question. Probably not. Here's why. If I could build an organization and do what I do without having all the rules and regulations of a franchise system, man, I'd probably do it. The problem is, is what I enjoy doing is building what I call micro companies. And I enjoy getting a piece of it. That's why I franchise, because I'm going to invest fully, give my 100% as if I owned that franchise company. And then I'm just going to take 7% and I'm going to do it perpetually. I love royalties. They're due on the 16th. I tell everybody all the time. So I love my royalties. But at the same time, I love building the businesses with the franchisees because franchising to me gives me a model of learning different parts of the country, different laws, rules, and regulations. I love the hunt of the game because I get, very, as an entrepreneur, I get very bored. I get very bored quickly, um, except for with my wife. I get very bored with everything else in life. And I can tell you, in franchising, it allows me to open up a new company here and a new one here and a new one here. And, and it's the hunt of the game. It's it's the getting big because once they're at a certain level, once they're doing a million dollars a year, it's on autopilot. And I'm yeah. It's just boring. That's why I've had so many franchised organizations because I build them, I'm bored, I hire a management team, I go do something else. I mean, buy one, for instance, a lot, the one I just sold a couple months back, you know, I didn't work for that company for five years. It was an investment for me. I just sat back and the company was running and I'd take, you know, dividends and I'd be done with the company. I did, I wasn't doing anything. I was building board. And once Bohr hits a certain level and and I will hire a management team, I'll step away. And even though I don't, I don't think I'm going to build another franchise organization. I think I'm going to go more in the philanthropy world, but you know, it, it's, I'll build it hire. I mean, I have a model, build it, get it to a certain level, hire a team, step away, let them take it over. Because once a company hits a certain level, it needs, it needs that corporate structure that I don't have. You can't walk in and, you know, you know, you just, it gets to a point where you can't walk in and just be yourself. Which me means a lot of swear words and a lot of yeah. high five. It's like being in a locker room. When you're around me, it's like being in a locker room. That's all it is. It's yeah. just always. It I got that lot feeling
0: happening. How do you know when? <laughs> how do you know when to step away from an organization? How do you know when? When it's time? When it's reached that peak? Boredom.
1: When I don't find the thrill of of doing the everyday. Um, when it gets so big that I don't have that personal relationship anymore, or, or not as close, um, it's, for me, it's usually about 50, 55 franchises. And then because at that point, there's so much going on in, the, in a corporate setting or, or in a franchise setting, I need, the, the franchise structure needs a corporate setting. And I'll, I'll hire and then let them blow it up to a couple hundred franchises and then I'll exit. Like right now, I mean, I exited bio one and the management team still stay there. I mean, it, it, there, there's no reason and they have jobs, no reason for them to leave. It was just time for the entrepreneur to move on. Just cash in your chips and go. And that's what I've done, you know, three different times. And I'll again, I'll do it again at some point.
0: Okay. It's a feeling
1: to answer your question directly. It's a
0: feeling. <laughs> I like that. Uh, do you listen? So this is a little off topic here do you listen to any uh, true crime p- podcast at all
1: any true crime pro- podcast
0: yeah that's correct
1: <laughs> no no <laughs> i don't I, I don't listen to the true crime podcast yeah i i, I,
0: I would <laughs> the reason why i asked just because of, of your original like with Doing the cleanup, I, I thought maybe you might be listening to that. As you, you got a suit on and everything, and you're just picking up body parts, put it in the bags. Like, goddamn, is it how it happened? Like, did you ever try to predict a murder or some shit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, here, here's why. Here, and it's 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 a you know it's a good question. It really is. It is it, a it, it's a relevant question because here's why it's relevant. Um, in in Bio One, when these franchises are out there. It's very easy to get emotionally involved, and 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 people want to become almost detectives. They want to know what happened. What I've found, and one of the things that I've had many franchises do throughout the years is they will take family photos and they'll turn them around. They just don't. They don't want to be emotionally involved in it. Wow. They want to take care of what's in front of them, and and get out. Um, you can you can spin yourself into. Uh, and I think it's human nature. It's curiosity. You know, you can spin yourself into all these thoughts. The problem is, is you got to go home and you got to be able to be compartmentalized. Of here's what I do for a living, you know, as a franchise. And here's what I, I now it's time to be dad or, or, or father or, you know, husband. Um, you, you can't you, you got to be able to leave it somewhere. And I always tell people leave it in the garage. Once you pull into it, your day is over. You go you go take care of what you need to take care of. That's actually important you know, to you um so no I, I i try i used to talk i used to tell the try to train the franchises do not get emotionally involved or overly emotionally involved because you know your mind can take you to bad places
0: no that that's that was I was very curious was my next question if you've experienced anything like that that kind of trauma that uh law enforcement and military deal with right. for going into that kind of situation. I, I never personally have. And I think
1: it's just, um, some people in the industry or, or in industries like that, I think they kind of learn to compartmentalize very quickly and it's just something that kind of came second nature to me. It's just leave, you know, leave that out there. And, 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 and it's not, unfortunately I've never had to experience any kind of PTSD or anything like that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. some, some of these poor military law enforcement go through. Um, we're usually there to see a mess. you know the biling people are there to see a mess. It, 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 very rarely do they very rarely do they see the body. Um, very rarely is there a body part? Uh, it's very rare. it's just more of a more of a mess that just needs to go away. So I mean they're, they're glorified janitors is what they are. <laughs> yeah, that's frankly it. <laughs> I can say that now that I don't own the company) <laughs>
0: I like that. So, with a, a large network of employees as well as franchises of an organizational, what type of organizational leadership principles did you use to keep your teams engaged?
1: Oh man, I'm just real. I mean, that's just all there is to it. When you yeah. screw up, you're gonna know. When you're doing great, I'm gonna, you're gonna know. Um, I I have a structure of just no BS. I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I, again, I've never worked for corporate. I don't know what it's like to sit down and have somebody say, you know, well, let's, I mean, let's start off positive and then let's have <laughs> annual meetings or quarterly meetings and tell you what you're doing. Let me start off by saying what you're doing good. And let me tell you, I think the word is, here's opportunities for improvement. No, man, you screwed this up, Dick. Yes. Don't do that. <laughs> and you do this over here because that's the way the company runs. And if you don't like it, hey, totally cool. There's a lot of people hiring. This yes. is not a democracy. This is, this is me. This is how I run things. I, if you like it, cool. If you don't, hit the road, Jack. I'm fine with it. A lot of people need jobs. So I, I just, I just, I am just not, I'm not a BSer. Because here's the thing. I love you. You're part of the family. You keep screwing up. I'll cut you like the pig you are. <laughs> and it's, it's just the truth. I'm not easy. I'm, this is why I don't have an HR department. I am the HR department. So, you know, again, this is, this is just how I work. I'm not saying I'll say this. I promise you, and you can tell by this interview, I am not always eloquent, but I will tell you what I am. Really, really effective. And so I think people, people like working with me because I'm authentic. I, I'm just who I am and they help. Nice. yeah, that's just Nick. Or and to I love it, you know me is to love me or is to hate me. I'm very polarizing. I understand that.
0: I I love that. The just the direct, bold response like that is that's literally how I try to live my life. I mean, <laughs> you got me going. You remind me of myself. Like when I was managing a team, like you got to be directive. You got to just tell them to fuck off when they're it's it's done. You can't do it anymore, dick. Get out of here. That's like right. I,
1: I, <laughs> You've done enough.
0: You, I mean, you're either okay.
1: Congratulations. Go take because here's here's the thing. I've always had a I've always had a a, a thing with management, because people are like, well, you know, what oh, hire somebody? And one of the guy, one of the things, and they'd say is, well, I mean, vacation time. And can we talk about packages? I'm like, yeah. I mean, you're gonna get a 401k and profit sharing plan and full benefits, and I'm gonna pay for all that shit. Um, Well, they're gonna say, what about vacation time? I don't know. I mean, you know what job needs to get done, so do it. I don't give a shit if you're doing it on the beach or if you're doing it at your house or you're doing it in the office. You know what needs to be done and where done. So get it done. I don't care. Take as much much time off as you want as long as you're getting your work done. So it's not a it doesn't have to be this, oh, you get two weeks off and we're gonna and we're gonna write on the calendar you're gonna have to approve it. Man, if you gotta go to your kids' best basketball game or soccer game, go. Because that's what's important. This shit is just work. This is just a function of this is a function of profit. What's important is your family and your wife and your kids and taking care of we and getting mental breaks if you need it. But we all know what days things need to get done, when things are due, and what we expect. As long as you hit those things, I don't care what you do. And that's that's the part of working. That's the if there's a good part, if there's a good part, that's the part that is good working with me because. Total autonomy. As long as you do what you're gonna do and I do what I'm what I say I'm gonna do, we're great.
0: Beautiful. No, I, I like that. That's just being direct, being straightforward. Like I, I live that. That's that's fantastic. We've got two more questions and then we'll wrap this up and call yeah. it. So tell me about no, I'm gonna hold that one. What is the number one tip for success when it comes to designing your business well? You gotta be
1: able to you gotta you gotta know exactly what you want. I mean, that's really it. I think people go into it if you if you don't have the target that you're hitting or you're trying to hit, and it's a moving target. It's never it's never. I mean, it, it changes on a daily basis. You know, if you don't if if you're not intentional, once again, intention. If you're not intentional about what you're what you're trying to achieve, and be open to you know a fluid a fluid mixture of what needs to you know how it needs to get done, then you're never going to hit it. I mean, some people get into business because you know, I'm so sick of working for somebody else and I want to go do it on my own. And, and great. what What's the outcome? Are you building to sell? Are you building for legacy? Are you building to, you know, are you, why are you building a business? Is it just a form of income? Is it to set your family up? Is it so your kids work in the business? Is it, I mean, you have to be very intentional and at least have a, in my opinion, a very strong idea of why you build what you build. I will tell you this. I In every franchise, I mean, again, I was just talking about yesterday in class. I'm building this company to sell. You will not see my son come in and run this company. No, no, no. I got about 10, 12 years left. And I will bust my butt for you and be your biggest cheerleader for 10 to 12 years. Then a private equity company, like the last company, will come in and buy it. And that's just how it will be. Again, I have a very goal... Oriented mind when it comes to what I want to do and what I, how I'm going to get there. And then I just kind of get there. And again, it, it's a, it may be a moving target, it could be 10 years, could be five years, could be 12 years, I and mean, they most likely it will be a decade. But, you know, if you don't have an intention, a real strong vision for what you're trying to do, you're going to miss a mark or, or you just, you're, it's like it's like getting in the plane and flying and not knowing where you're landing. I'm just right. like to fly. Well, shit, you got to land at some mm-hmm. point, or you're going to run out of gas, man. <laughs> you know that's the way I look at it. <laughs> Stupid analogy, it is, but but it's again, it's
0: effective. You, I like it. Effective. <laughs> With leadership that are they're training new employees, uh, what what advice could you give them to? to employees aren't going to stay at a job forever. Like you right. you illustrate that very well. What what could they do to be the best leader that they can be and set them up for success for life, for their next job, for the next job, to make a better individual while they're there at the company? What could they do?
1: Focus on what they're good at and not what they're not. I think a lot of people are constantly trying to change what they're not good at. Again, I could sit down and and learn Excel. And I guess take a CPA license and, and get good at doing taxes. That's not my skill set. That's not my passion. And again, I don't. It, times times short. I mean, the hourglass man. We never know how much time we have. Great. So focus on what you're good at. Or I should say, focus on what the employee is good at. Put the employee. Put the employee in the position to to succeed. Not. To try to improve, because if you're trying to improve an employee in my position, in the way I look at it, if you're really trying to improve them on something that they're really not good at, then maybe you've hired the wrong person for that role. Find someone who is good at that and hire them and promote what, again, what they're great at. So in my opinion, when I talk to a new a new franchisee or a new employee that I hire, I tell them directly, again... Here's exactly what I want you to do. People tell me I'm too direct sometimes. The reason why I'm direct, it's not because I'm trying to be an asshole at all points. It's because I don't ever want you to misunderstand what I need. So I'm overly direct. Sometimes my wife says I'm overly direct about here's what you need to do. I'm going to walk you through like you're two years old. And if you have a question, come to me and I'll fix it for you. That's why they call me Uncle Nick. Uncle Nick's going to take care of it. You do the best you can do because I'm going to put you in the position of winning. I'll put you in the position to win. It's up for you. I mean, it's kind of like, look at me as the big coach. And we talked about football a few minutes back. I'm I'm the coach. I'll sit on the sidelines. I'll run them. I'll call the plays. You go run them because I've taught you how to run them. You know how to run them. You wouldn't be on the team if you couldn't run them. So go score. And I'm going to put you in the position to do so. So with a manager that needs – To show somebody or to to make them better in life, be honest with them, be direct with them. And both ways, if they're not good at something, don't focus so much on let's try to improve this. Maybe that needs to go to somebody else. And if they're not good enough to be in that position, remove them so you don't kill their soul by having them constantly think they're terrible. Because if you hang around me too long and you're not good at something, you're going to know what you're not good at. And I'll definitely tell you what you are good at. And sometimes you're good at taking the fucking trash out and just getting in your car and going home. That's
0: okay. Everyone needs a job. (laughs) I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like when, when an employee quits a job, they're not quitting the job, they're quitting their management.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and and I think sometimes it goes both ways. Sometimes you do need to trim fat and (laughs) You know, I'm okay with that because I mean, I do all the hiring and firing because, because the people that work for me, I really want to take care of and they become part of my family, you know? And so again, that's why I do all the hiring firing. I, I, I fire, I don't fire very often because I don't, I don't feel like I hire incorrectly because if if I, I am a big fan of having that, you know, everyone has that BS meter. Mine's, Mm -hmm. mine's pretty, pretty in tune. And so, you know, if somebody comes in, like you know, like like the guy from Jersey that wanted to, you know, shake hands. Oh no, man, I'm gonna get a big bear hug because <laughs> I'm gonna love you a hundred percent, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Because eventually, you're gonna become comfortable and you're gonna understand the company culture as again, family and commitment and and doing what you say you're gonna do. And again, everyone's got a job to do, so let's do it so we all make some money and we're all happy at the end of
0: the day. I get. Why you do that. And, and it makes sense because you're, you're establishing a psychological safe place where people can be open and upfront if there is a potential problem that they notice that they got to come up and tell you.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I, I can tell you this. I had a, I had a, I had somebody that, that works for me the other day just say, look, you know, I have no problem. I, I want them to tell me they're wrong. And I mean, I want them to tell me I'm wrong. If, if I'm wrong about something. You know, she came in. She's very nice. She's very sweet. She's a very cool girl. She walked in and she was like, I think we're, you know, I think, I think we may have made the wrong decision. And I said, what do you mean? And she was telling me the situation. And I said, so I'm wrong. She's like, "Well, I mean, I'm like, no, no, go ahead and say it. <laughs> so I don't was wrong. She's like, I don't, I don't think you were wrong. I just don't like the decision. I'm like, but you do think I'm wrong or else you wouldn't be in the office. So now I want you to say you're fucking wrong. And she, she got, she's got beautiful blonde hair and she got bright red. And she's like, you're acting wrong. And I wouldn't let her go. She sat here for 10 minutes. She had to say the F word. And she's fucking wrong. There it is. There it is. God love you. Nothing wrong with it. I disagree, but (laughs) no, it's good. I mean, I want people to have that freedom to be themselves because without authenticity, And we're all just wearing masks and it's a bunch of bullshit. man. I I don't like that. That's just not the way I roll.
0: Spot on. I I got nothing else. Like you hit everything on the fucking head, Nick. I appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything you want to leave our audience with?
1: I can tell you the fifth book. One last thing. I, I, I'm a writer in my spare time. My fifth book is going to be coming out probably first quarter, 2022 working title is the keys. I would, uh, I would hope people want, might want to check it out. It's, it's a, Again, it's just me. It's my thoughts. It's a couple, you know, 10, 14 essays on what I think about kind of what we were talking about here today. So if if you think it might be entertaining, it just might be because I write the way I speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then go check it
0: out. Uh, Where can they go to pick up their their book?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean. For me, I mean, you know, the the global leader and, and conqueror of the world, I would say Amazon's probably the best bet. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to type in my last name, Amazon, and and it, you know, things pop up all the time. So um, just be
0: prepared for what you're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, Nick, I, I I do appreciate you coming on the show. Cool, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot
2: you've been listening to your transformation station your voice on the hard truths of leadership we hope you've enjoyed the show we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information make sure to like rate and review the show remember your transformation station is on all major platforms including facebook instagram pinterest tiktok and youtube at YTS The Podcast and visit the website at ytsthepodcast.com Till next time.